The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. Welcome in to the Thursday, December 12th edition of the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. My name is Daniel Dopp. To my left is Mike Clay. Mike, That's how me. are you doing? Hey, bud. I'm doing well. Probably not as good as you. You were uh, playing with lightsabers and all kinds of Star Wars stuff last night. And uh, yeah. actually, this is a lot of pods for you, right? You did one last evening. Now you're right back here. I'm right back here doing some stuff. I mean, listen, there is no rest for the... Oh, shoot. Wicked. The tired? What? The weary? I don't know. Whatever that saying is. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun. Had a question here uh, we posed before the podcast. I'm just going to throw it out there. Padme Amidala is queen of and then senator of which peaceful planet? And our friend Al Zeidenfeld, who is joining us. Al, how you doing? I'm good. And you completely tilted me with that question because I nailed every other Star Wars question. <laughs> so now here I am mad on a podcast because I couldn't come up with the planet Naboo in time. Naboo! You got it. Good for you, buddy. Wow. Listen, I got one of them right, which is a, a massive uh, surprise. Yeah, like I you. know very little. I've uh, my extent of Star Wars fandom is I've watched the movies. Yeah, which is so, so just, weird because I feel like you're a nerd, so it would be like it fits right in your wheelhouse. I am a nerd. I'm just like deep level underground nerd, oh, okay. like 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 stats, like research projects, and, sure. and that that level of nerd. It's a little no, different. No, no, that I totally get. It's, it's uh, yeah, a little little different. Still heavy yeah. on the nerd. That's fair. That's fair. Right. Super excited to be here every Thursday. Mike, Al, and I have been doing a DFS podcast, help you guys set a DFS lineup. But even if you don't play DFS, a lot of great information that can be used for your season-long playoff matchups here. Uh, we're going to get right into it. You guys cool with that? Let's do it. That's what we're here for, Daniel. All right. Make sure that you join our weekly contest. It is free. Cost $0. There are $200 in prizes that you can win. Both Mike Clay and I will tweet it out. Sometime this week, at Mike Clay NFL, at Daniel Dopp, Al is at Al Zeidenfeld. So uh, check that out. But we're going to jump right in here with quarterbacks where, Mike, I feel a little sick to my stomach saying <laughs> Eli Manning. Yeah, you know what? The first two words here, I you know, I always have some notes here that I reference here, are feels dirty. <laughs> feels dirty. <laughs> this feels dirty. But he's taking on the Miami Dolphins, and he's only $5,200 on DraftKings. Exactly. If you look at the 26 quarterbacks in this slate, he's 24th in terms of pricing. And wow. we're going to get more into this as we go uh, throughout this segment, but we've talked about this over and over and over again this year. If you watch Monday Night Football and a player goes off or, or you know supplants someone and takes on a larger role, has a good game, they're probably going to be underpriced the next week because the pricing's already out Monday, yeah. right? Yeah. We already know the pricing for the next week. So that's going to be the case here with Eli, who had a couple touchdowns to here, we'll do some foreshadowing here to Darius Slayton. We'll talk about him later. Uh, but Eli does come in at a discount. Even if you're worried about him, even if you don't think he can have a huge day, lacks the ceiling in cash at only 5,200. Again, you're, if you get into the 15 point range, he's going to deliver a solid value. So uh, anyway, here's my spiel on it. Uh, his his fantasy, fantasy point total so far this season, 15 Then in week one. Then he had the 10. That got him benched. And he had the 16 last week. So he's kind of been in that range we just talked about. Uh, he had the two long touchdowns of Slayton last week. And then he kind of did nothing in the second half. But they were protecting a multi-touchdown lead throughout most of that game. So that yeah. game script was part of a, uh, of a factor here. Um, he has pretty good weapons. If Evan Ingram comes back, he's going to have Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, and Evan Ingram. That's a pretty good core for sure he'll be working at, uh, working with. 
And the real key here is the defense, right? They're facing Miami, fourth most fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. And check this out. A league high 92% of quarterbacks have scored above their season average against the Dolphins this season. That is, again, highest in the NFL. 92% of the time, a quarterback outscores his average when facing uh, the Dolphins, to rephrase that a little bit. They've allowed the second most touchdown passes with 31 already this season. Two or more touchdowns in 11 of 13 games. 10th most yards allowed. The highest average depth of target or throw. So uh, offenses are aiming downfield. The fifth highest yards per attempt. Three top five weeks allowed to quarterbacks over the past four weeks. So there's a lot there, a lot to ingest. But the point is, they are very bad about stopping opposing quarterbacks. And by the way, two of the guys that have been playing that have been playing heavy snaps for them on the perimeter the past month or two are on IR. They had to put two guys on IR: Ken Webster and Ryan Lewis. So they're even worse off than they've been wow. this season at that position. So this sets up really nicely for the Giants' offense at home. Okay, moving on to another player that we like: Kyler Murray taking on. The Cleveland Browns, $5,600. And Murray, while he's QB7 on the year and season long, struggled the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But does this look like a bounce-back game for him? Yeah, and you've seen in the pricing, right? He's QB19 in this slate, yep. which is very low. Too low for a guy who, as you mentioned, has been a top-8 quarterback so far this season. Uh, only 5600 He's, uh, like you said, QB20 or worse in four of his past seven games. But he's also been top-7 five of his past nine so yeah. definitely a bit boom bust but we know he adds value with his legs and uh, obviously has had some big games with his arm uh, only uh, uh he only had uh two rushing yards last week which obviously hurt his point total but before that 27 or more in nine of his previous 10 games an average of 43 during that span we've talked about this before what do you get for a passing touchdown four points yep. he's averaging 43 rushing yards a that's game like a passing touchdown that's basically a passing touchdown that's really really important also has four rushing touchdowns since week four uh, I mentioned he's kind of a boom-bust risk. Two-plus passing touchdowns in seven games, but a total of zero in his other six games. So, and actually, I, I'm almost making more of a case for tournaments. Maybe we feel a little safer there, but uh, he's at home. He has a neutral matchup here against uh, the Browns. They're mid-pack against quarterbacks. They've actually faced the fourth easiest schedule against quarterbacks the defense has, so that's kind of boosted their numbers a little bit. But they actually, and, and this one is important here, obviously, they've allowed a ton of rushing production to opposing quarterbacks, 57 carries, 244 yards, and four touchdowns. They're seventh or worse in all three categories. So they can be had in that department. Uh, that's that's notable. I think they faced they faced Lamar once yep. on the road. They actually they're the only team that's really like crushed the Ravens this season. Believe it or not. So uh, nonetheless, I think it adds up to Murray being an excellent tournament play. But I think he's a decent cash uh, cash play because of his price. You know, he's just so cheap at 5600. Another guy that we're looking at here, Al, is Jimmy Garoppolo, $6,100 against the Atlanta Falcons. Jimmy had a huge game last week when they put up 48 points, but he's been a little bit back and forth. I mean, consistency has not really been Jimmy Garoppolo's thing, but obviously against Atlanta, you feel a little bit better about starting him this week. Yeah, I mean, the matchup with Atlanta is one that we've kind of attacked all season long, and part of the reason is that they just don't, pressure opposing quarterbacks it's much easier to throw from a clean pocket Atlanta's creating pressure at the lowest rate in the NFL at about just over a click over 20 percent of the time and when you look at that in terms of how it reflects on Jimmy Garoppolo he's averaging 46.2 more yards per attempt when he's not pressured than when he is his passing rating nearly doubles when he's not pressured versus when he is pressured so throwing from a clean pocket is something that is very important to him Quarterback scoring way more based on efficiency than it is on volume. Uh, Obviously, touchdowns are the main driver of quarterback scoring. He's only 6,100 this week. 
They have the highest team total, the highest implied team total at 29 uh, expected points on this main slate. Baltimore's higher, but they're not on the main slate. And you look at what his production has been. You mentioned, yeah, he kind of yo-yos up and down, right? He's had games of like 10 and 18 and 14 fantasy points. But he has three ceiling games this year. To me, a ceiling game for a quarterback is getting over 30 DraftKings points. He has a pass to that this week if he can complete touchdowns and not all of their touchdowns are scored by the defense or on the ground by the running back. So this is a spot where Jimmy Garoppolo, you don't have to pair him with somebody in cash. You know, you don't have to stack him, but if you want to stack him in tournaments or double stack him, uh, it does make a lot of sense as a ceiling game does have access when a team has a total of around 30 real life points in a game. By the way, I, I think normally I'd be worried that uh, the, this would be a run-heavy game for the 49ers, but their defense is really beat up. They are struggling. They've lost yes, the most are. fantasy points to quarterbacks, believe it or not, over the past six weeks, and it's not just from that Saints game, not to mention the injuries with Richard Sherman out, uh, as well as others. I mean, I, I don't know that they're the dominant unit they were earlier this season, and, and we'll find out. So that's, I mean, that's good for Garoppolo, obviously. If Atlanta totally. could score 17, 20 points, more is on his plate, better for fantasy. Yep. A uh, couple of the guys that we like, Gardner Minshew and Jameis Winston and Deshaun Watson taking on the Tennessee Titans. Listen, if you want to pay up and do a stack of Deshaun Watson and maybe DeAndre Hopkins, uh, since week seven, opponents have thrown deep with 23.4% of their passes against the Titans. That's the fifth highest rate in the NFL. And right now, Deshaun Watson is getting more and more efficient downfield. He ranks fourth in points per deep attempt this season. So, what are you thinking? 275 with two touchdowns and maybe 30 rushing yards. Maybe he gets in the end zone. I mean, if that's the case, he's he's blowing away the $6,800 price point that we'd have. Yeah, some injuries at corner for Tennessee. Who knows if Adore Jackson will be back. They've been missing some pieces. Sean Sims was out. Malcolm Butler's on IR. So uh, certainly they should attack the perimeter. Teams don't always do that when they should. And yep. Texans are trending the wrong direction. I, I actually picked the Titans in this one. Uh, that game is in Nashville. But um, if they're behind... Then maybe it's a shootout. Maybe it's a Tannehill Watson shootout. I could see it. That's what I'm Believe looking it or not. for. That's what I'm looking. That's what you. That's what you always want. As many points scored as possible, and no that's what happens. In the, fantastic from that standpoint. So Deshaun Watson, if you want to spend up a little bit more, uh, especially with what he can give you on the on the mm-hmm. ground with his with his uh, legs. All right, Mike Clay at running back, the premium de facto running back. I mean, there is literally no one better in this game than Kenyon Drake. Yeah, no Kenyon question. Drake. No question. He is the uh, yeah. best running back on that entire team. On that team. I mean, apparently. Taking At least on, that's what Cliff Kingsbury thinks, so that's all that matters. Taking on the Cleveland Browns, $5,000. David Johnson just doesn't exist anymore. I don't understand. I, I, and I'm going to say this every single week. I don't get it. But Kenyon Drake has looked at the guy, and he's looked really good, too. Yeah, and he has uh, uh, Johnson trended up a little bit. He sc- he scored a touchdown last week yep. and maybe got more involved. A passing touchdown is that what? Or a, a receiving yeah, he caught touchdown? a t- yeah, caught a touchdown. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it, clearly the snaps still favor Drake. Uh, he's been qu- kind of quiet the past two weeks in fantasy, but still uh, fifteen touches for fifty-one yards and fourteen touches for sixty-seven yards in those two games. Not too bad. Obviously, like you like the touch numbers. Uh, if you look at the edges over Johnson, now you just mentioned this, uh, several categories. Here, here's how he's edged out David Johnson. Snaps, 178 to 71. Routes, 81 to 48. Carries 50 to 12, oh which gosh. is a shocking gap. And this one's even sh- the biggest shock. Targets, 22 to 5. That's crazy that Johnson's not being used as a pass catcher very much. Uh, his fantasy point total finishes where, uh, so far for Drake, 221, 17, 43, and 34. So again, 
has kind of fallen off a little bit, but has had a pretty decent floor aside of those past two weeks. They were against the Steelers and the Rams, pretty two de- uh, decent defenses, but they're playing the Browns at home, as we mentioned with Kyler Murray. Uh, last week, the Bengals running backs, led by Joe Mixon, of course, had 34 fantasy points yeah. against that defense. So obviously uh, uh, a halfway decent mas- matchup, at least if you look at recency. Uh, and uh, the Browns defense overall, kind of mid-pack against running backs in terms of volume face, but the efficiency has been pretty weak. 4.7 yards per carry allowed, that's six highest, almost nine yards per catch, over seven yards per target, which is poor, uh, 81% catch rate. All of those are 10th or worse uh, among defenses. Uh, so, you know, 11th most scrimmage yards allowed. It's actually a decent matchup. The numbers don't scream that, but I think it's a it's a at least a, a mid pack, like a neutral matchup. But it might be actually a good matchup. So okay. I I like Drake here at five thousand. Yeah, it's hard not to like Drake with how much they've been using him. I mean, he's just been getting so much yeah. volume from, and in all aspects of the game. So mm-hmm. another guy that we really like. Speaking of volume, Leonard Fournette yeah. <laughs> last week was a tough week for him, but seventy six hundred dollars taken on the Oakland Raiders, and this guy just has been getting work. Every single way that he can when he's on the field, Mike, is $7,600 an okay price point for Leonard Fournette? No doubt. He's the seventh highest priced running back in the slate, which feels too low for me. I know he's coming off a down game, and maybe that's why you kind of get an edge here. Uh, nine fantasy points last week. That's his lowest of the season, yes, it right? Is. So anytime you have any player with like nine as a floor, worst case scenario, that's an excellent sign. Still averaging 18 fantasy points per game this season, despite, by the way, only having three touchdowns. I'm at 18 fantasy points a game with three total touchdowns. It's impressive. And it's, as you mentioned, all about volume. Yep. Third at running back and snaps. Second in touches. Fourth in yards. Seventh in carries. Second in routes and targets. Third in receptions among running backs. And then, of course, you have the great matchup here. Raiders defense. Raiders defense, excuse me. Ninth most fantasy points allowed to the position. Sixth on a per-snap basis. 69% of running back, unit, running back units have outscored their season average against the Raiders. That is highest in the NFL. Uh, so that's very notable. 15 scrimmage touchdowns allowed. That's fourth most. They've actually been solid against the run, but it's pass catching backs that have really uh, destroyed them. Top five in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, yards per reception allowed to that position. He has six plus targets, Fournette does, in six straight games. Obviously, he's a big part of that. So good. A lot to like here in this one. Yeah, him being able to get that passing game usage has just absolutely amplified him. And if he was scoring touchdowns mm-hmm. at the rate that he was supposed to, I mean, he'd be a top three running back in the NFL right yeah, now. Yeah, and they should come, too. I mean, you have a great matchup here against Oakland. We talk about regression to the mean all the time. He's still well below where he should be based on his usage. Yeah. Over time, they come. And I know we're running out of weeks here, but he did just have a two-touchdown game a yes, couple weeks did. ago. So he is at least trending the right way. Al, a guy that you like this week, Chris Carson, $7,500, taking on the Carolina Panthers, obviously with Rashad Penny. Not going to be in this game. Seems like Chris Carson could get a ton of work here against the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the flow chart for, for tight ends. And then last week, I, we kind of came up with the Mr. Mackey matchup at, at running back. And we got another one of those here. Carolina's bad against running backs, okay? Uh, they've allowed <laughs> 3.9 red zone drives per game, second most in the league. They've allowed 120.9 running back rushing yards per game. That's second most in the league. And over the last four weeks, 142.75. So they've actually gotten worse as the season's gone along against opposing running backs, along 5.3 running back yards per carry, also second most in the league. They've allowed a league-high 13 carries that have gone for over 25 yards. And as you mentioned, Rashard Penny was starting to eat into the work that Chris Carson uh, had seen earlier in the season when he was getting 25-plus touches per game, carries plus catches. Now he's in a spot 
where they're favored. We expect game flow and game script to go his way. Uh, an offensive coordinating staff, a play calling staff that wants to establish the run as much as they possibly can while they chew their gum as hard as possible. And Chris Carson is just going to get fed constantly against a defense that's ill-equipped to stop him. I'm not seeing very many paths to failure from a volume standpoint here for Chris Carson. And if efficiency has anything to, to do with it, and it does, Carolina is a team that has been inefficient at stopping opposing running backs. Absolutely. And that's one of those things where without Rashad Penny, it just feels like, man, this feels like a, this feels like a spot where you could absolutely be able to get massive volume for, again, pretty good price tag, only $7,500. Yeah, you'll see CJ Procise mixed in there. He's a good pass catcher, so he can, maybe he steals a target or two, but it should be the Carson show in terms of carries. Maybe Travis Homer gets a little run, the rookie. I uh, liked him as a prospect, too. I've been on the same page, I think, with Seattle. Like, we seem to look at running backs with Carson Penny and a homer, so it's uh, kind of interesting how that has played out there in Seattle. But, uh, yeah, no no doubt, he's definitely a good value. A couple other guys that we like, Christian McCaffrey, drops down to $10,000 this week. I mean, talk about a value play. <laughs> Woo! Lock him in. 10 Gs. Patrick Laird, another guy that we really like for the Miami Dolphins, Todd mm-hmm. Gurley, and James White, $5,400, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Here's the thing about James White. Four-plus catches in nine of his last 12 games, or sorry, in nine of his 12 games this season, and 20 carries for 112 yards over the past two weeks. Last week, he out-carried Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what James White is known for, but the Bengals are allowing a league-high 6.3 yards per play this season. So if he gets anywhere in that 15 to 18 touch range, based on what he's doing as a pass catcher in a full-point PPR league, and how much uh, yards per play the Bengals are giving up, it really feels like James White could be great value here for only $5,400, especially if you're paying up maybe for one of these higher-priced running backs like a Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. like a maybe a Dalvin Cook or a Chris Carson or Leonard Fournette. Yeah, especially in cash. What a great play. 100%. Just has a high floor, and with him getting more carries than he's been, Sonny Michelle kind of being phased out kind of shockingly. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is going to be a closer game than people think, too. The Bengals have been kind of hanging in there with teams, and the Patriots, we know, are struggling to score. So this could end up being a low-scoring game, and uh, if it's competitive, you're going to see a lot of white in the game. That's right. Hanging around, hanging around. Bengals have alligator blood. Okay. Do you know what that's from? Nope. Al? Pay that man his money. Pay that man his money. Rounders! What? Come on. Oh, one of okay, the greatest okay. poker movies of I mean, it was, Oh, my gosh. I'm so I knew that one. I, I haven't seen that in a long time. I appreciate you, Al. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you know, Al, seeing as how you're so great at this, I'm thinking about replacing Mike on the podcast. If that happened, <laughs> Mike, where would I go to maybe find a new co-host here? All right. I'll let you know. I'll help you with this. Yeah, help me out. Seems like it's... Probably shooting myself in the foot, but let's do it. Um, and actually, maybe this will this will talk you off the maybe, maybe this will talk you off the cliff. Maybe change your mind because okay. you're a busy guy. All right, hiring is challenging. Oh, super hard. Yeah, so maybe you don't want to do it. We'll see. But wait, there's a place, one place actually you can go where hiring is simple. Okay. Uh oh, this is not good for me. It's simple. It's fast and it's smart. And growing businesses like this podcast connect to qualified candidates. Codable co-founder. Gretchen Hebner experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist. What am I, a projection artist? Basically. Okay, so it's kind of the same thing. To grow with her education tech company. But then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Wait, I don't even have to do any of the work. They just find candidates for me to replace you? This is really going poorly for me. I'm I'm in trouble here. Please tell me more. (laughs) 
By using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones, then find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game slash projection artist in less than two weeks. Two weeks? Oh my goodness, I'm running out of time here. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. One day? I don't even have to come in next week. This is really bad for me. (laughs) ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free. This is Now you can do it for free, Daniel, too. For free. At our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash 0610. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. Zero. All right. Well, I guess I'll be free next Thursday. Hold on. Let me check my ZipRecruiter app. <laughs> Al, we've already got three applicants. What are you doing for lunch? You got time for a lunch date interview? Yeah, I can do a meeting. All right. All right. We're going to set it up. All right. Well, All right. going on Christmas vacation early. Anyway. Oh, that's another good movie. All right, Mike Clay. <laughs> Wide receivers. Let's talk about a couple of guys here because, dude, this kid has just come out and been absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic this year. Darius Slayton. Taking on the Miami Dolphins looked phenomenal last week with Eli Manning under center. Only $4,700. Uh, I believe this is the foreshadowing you're talking about. And Eli Manning, Darius Slayton stack is so cheap right now. Yes. It feels like it would be a great way to be able to have a really high floor without spending a ton in any of these, whether it's a tournament or a cash game. No question about it. Last week, I, I built some stacks that had a lot of success in uh, tournaments where I would go with McCaff- like Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas and then find these cheap quarterback receiver stacks like this. And there were quite a few of them out there. Uh, you don't have Thomas, obviously. He's not in the slate this week. But this is a good avenue to use McCaffrey and maybe another high-priced guy if you go with the slate and Eli stack. There's definitely something uh, to that. But uh, you're right. He is a terrific play. We mentioned he played Monday night, had the big game. He's underpriced at 4700 He's actually the 40th highest priced wide receiver in this slate for the guy that's wide receiver 23 in fantasy points since he debuted in week three. So think about wow. that. If you're in a 12-team league, he's been a wide receiver too, a back-end wide receiver too, since he joined that team as a fifth-round rookie who was injured to start the season. Yeah. I mean, it actually reminds you a lot of Odell Beckham. I know, obviously, he was... A lot more productive as a rookie, but same kind of thing. He he was injured, missed some time, came in and was uh, very effective. You mentioned he lit up the Eagles for five, 154 and two touchdowns. That was only his second best fantasy day so far. I mean, he's actually had better <laughs> games than that. He has three two touchdown games, all of them since week eight, seven plus targets in four straight games, averaging 9.25 per game during that span. And again, I'm just going to pile on the Dolphins defense here. I already mentioned the cornerback injuries. Six most fantasy points to receivers. 77% of wide receiver units have outscored their season average against Miami. That is highest in the NFL. And they've allowed 23 touchdowns to wide receivers this season. That is most in the NFL, as is the 14.6 yards per reception that they have allowed. So great matchup, great price, seemingly a great player. And I think uh, barring disaster a few years from now, we're going to look at this wide receiver class from this year and talk about how great it was because, man, there are a lot of uh, stars coming in. Coming in this year. I am all about that. Another guy that we really love, Chris Godwin. $7,700. A little bit higher of a price tag, obviously, but taking on the Detroit Lions. A little bit of a question mark from both the team and Mike Evans and some of the reports that we've had as to whether or not Mike Evans is going on IR. Bruce Arians said he's not going on IR. Regardless, he's not going to play this week. Mm -hmm. So outside of Chris Godwin, you're looking at maybe Brashad Perriman or O.J. Howard or Cameron Bray to take away targets, which makes me feel like if I'm Jameis Winston, I'm going to throw to Chris Godwin all the time. 
No question. They, I mean, they funneled a lot of the targets, roughly half, to these two guys all season long. Yeah. And now you have one clear number one. Uh, I mean, Godwin, he's 7,700. He's the number two highest priced receiver. He's the number two fantasy receiver this season. And his targets could go up. I mean, think about how good he's been. His targets could go up yeah. without Mike Evans. He's actually, believe it or not, he's only 10th in targets in the NFL this no season, way. which is kind of hard to believe as well. Five top six fantasy weeks, nine top 25s in 13 games this season. And I mentioned he's 10th in targets, but he's actually number one in pass routes, fourth in receptions, second in yards and touchdowns. He has eight of those. And he's also very efficient, too. It's not just volume with him. Fourth in catch rate and uh, also in yards per target. Uh, the big question here is, will he draw Darius Slay? Now, Slay 100% would have shadowed Mike Evans because he primarily plays on the perimeter. My guess here is that he will shadow him when he's on the outside, but that may only be a third of his routes, right? Not to mention Slay's kind of, as you know, as a Lions fan, has kind of struggled yep. over the past month. So I'm not worried about the matchup at all. They've really struggled with Justin Coleman in the slot where Godwin is most of the time. Not worried about that at all. Um, what happened with that? Because Justin Coleman started the year out really strong did. for the Lions, and then it just sort of felt like he, he fell off a cliff. I don't know what happened with that defense, but you're right. It looked like they hit on Rashawn Melvin, yeah. who's, who lost his job now to a rookie. Coleman is struggling in the slot. Slay, he's struggled with injuries, and now he's yeah. fallen off the defense just altogether. They've been missing uh, plenty of guys with injuries, they and really especially have. up the middle. So that de- the wheels have just totally fallen off that defense. And kind of leading, that's a, a perfect lead into this. Ninth most fantasy points allowed to receivers this yep. season for the Lions defense. 69% of wide receiver units have outscored their season average. That's against the Lions. It's third highest in the league. Nice. No better than sixth in routes, targets, receptions, and receiving yards against. Uh, they've only allowed 13 touchdowns touchdown catches to receivers that's mid-pack and that's kind of made the numbers look better than they are probably a little lucky on their side because they faced 30 wide receiver end zone targets that is second most in the nfl so this it's a great matchup for godwin we already know he's fantastic the price isn't too bad at 7700 evans is out the target should go up there's really a lot to like correct me if i'm wrong but did bruce arians not say at the beginning of the year that this is a guy that could catch 100 balls on the season. Yeah, and we thought, uh, okay, maybe a stretch. Maybe a pushing bit. it a little bit. But uh, He's at 81 right now. Yeah. I mean, 81. He's with, a good shot to get there. Yeah, he, he definitely has the opportunity, especially if Mike Evans does miss more than one game here. Yeah, definitely. It's been interesting. Some head-scratching things going on in Tampa Bay, but also uh, credit to him for maximizing Chris Godwin. Absolutely. Excellent job, and it really makes the previous regime, I won't say any names, but the previous regime really makes him look bad because he this was a part-time player who essentially underachieved for two years because he wasn't put in position to make plays. So great job there by Arians. Even if you don't say any names, like everyone has the internet. Like yeah, you can, can just type Wikipedia, it yeah. 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 Uh, anyway. <laughs> the, the other guy, uh, Mike, uh, Al, that we really like, Jarvis Landry, $6,700 taking on the Arizona Cardinals. I get nervous every time that I'm trying to trust a Cleveland Brown, especially in the passing game. But this does feel like an opportunity against Arizona that absolutely can be taken advantage of. Okay. I agree with you that the feeling around rostering Brown's players is one that kind of makes your stomach turn a little bit because of how up and down they've been, but Jarvis Landry has not been up and down for nine of the past 10 weeks, or sorry, nine of the past 10 games, Jarvis Landry has scored at least 11.5 DraftKings points. Wow. So he's been extremely steady, even with this team kind of ebbing and flowing up and down and the offense being frustrating. He's been the one constant from a fantasy perspective. Arizona is the second worst third down defense this season. And I really love it when the puzzle pieces kind of fit together on both sides. So like Landry, 
has four straight games with multiple third down catches. So we just said that they were a really bad third down defense. And Arizona is allowing a league high 4.2 red zone drives per game. Well, that would be great if Jarvis Landry was averaging like, you know, 29% of the target market share of the red zone targets on the Browns. Oh, wait. He is. So if they're going to get into the red zone a lot, and this person's going to see 30% of the targets when they get there and catch over 60% of those targets, as opposed to uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who's caught 10% of his red zone targets this year from Baker Mayfield, give me the guy where everything just lines up. And he's not being utilized the way that he was in Miami. I've said this numerous times this year. When you think of Jarvis Landry, because you never get that second chance to make a first impression. So everybody views Jarvis Landry as the short target guy, the guy who never gets downfield because he's just being peppered with these little uh, jailbreak screens and behind the line of scrimmage stuff and little slants. On his Miami career, he averaged 6.3 air yards per target. Well, in the year and a half or almost two full years now that he's played for the Browns, 10.3 air yards per target. He's being deployed completely differently in Cleveland than he ever was before. And this is a highly productive fantasy receiver against a team that struggles against what he is strong at. Yeah, I think this is a good week for Landry and a rare bump up for Odell Beckham too, right? He's just had a really tough uh, season, tough opponents almost every week, hasn't been able to overcome that. But when he's had quote-unquote easy matchups, he has delivered. This is one of them against this uh, this Arizona secondary that's really struggling. And you might think, well, what if Peterson shadows him? Peterson has not been good this season since he came back from the suspension, so not worried about it. Yeah, think about the beginning of the year when we were downgrading Jarvis Landry because OBJ was just going to take too many targets away from him. Mm-hmm. And now it's like the exact opposite. Jarvis Landry is wide receiver 13 on the year. OBJ is wide receiver 28. Yeah. Like, it's just shocking. Shocking. It really is. A couple of the other wide receivers that we really like, Julian Edelman, Adam Thielen, if he's healthy mm-hmm. and if he plays, has a great, great value and really good price point there. Uh, Greg Ward Jr., super cheap. Only yes. $3,000 if you look pun. at him. yep. Guy that you can throw in, especially if you need to find a, a really good value there. DJ Moore. DeAndre Hopkins, $8,000. If you want to do a uh, stack with him and Deshaun Watson in weeks one through six, DeAndre Hopkins was tied for 54th in end zone targets. But since week seven, no player has more. No player has more targets in the end zone than DeAndre Hopkins. The Titans are allowing the third highest completion percentage of end zone targets this season with 50%. The game has the highest over-under of the week, so you're looking for Hopkins and Deshaun Watson to have mm-hmm. a really good floor here if you want to stack them. Another group of wide receivers that we really like, D.D. Westbrook, and if D.J. Chark is out, Chris Connolly is only $3,600. Now, there's a lot to unpack here because you're going to have to sort of watch how this unfolds on Sunday morning, but I'm curious, outside of D.D. Westbrook, if, if D.J. Chark is not there, Chris Connolly becomes sort of a... A chalky, you've got to get him in your lineup play, right? Yes, absolutely. Westbrook right now is already a 90, I think he's in the 96th percentile of value, and that is with DJ Chark in the projection. So no matter what, regardless of Chark's status, he is a fine play for lineups this week. If Chark is out, though, Chris Conley's targets will go up, and he is crazy cheap at 3600 As you mentioned, he is going to become chalk, essentially. A lot of people are going to be plugging him into their lineup. He'll be an outstanding value, one of the best on the board, so keep him on your radar. And uh, I'll let Al expand on this, but because I know he likes Keelan Cole as well, he would step in as the number three receiver. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always looking for vacated targets and vacated snaps. So uh, Keelan Cole's going to go from playing virtually no snaps or very few snaps if 
DJ Chark is out to playing a full complement of snaps. Kind of the same thing that happened with Greg Ward. He was playing no snaps. Now he's playing a ton and he's of value. So opportunity is always going to trump talent. You can't score points when you're standing on the sideline holding your helmet. So if the guy's going to be on the field and a team that's throwing the ball 40 to 50 times a game, those targets have to go somewhere. So he's obviously going to get a bunch of targets and he's absolute stone minimum salary. By the way, there's probably a few people like Greg Ward. Who is that? Although I guess if you, you probably watched the Monday night game, so you're, maybe you're familiar, but he's essentially the number one receiver for the Eagles right now. He is their number one receiver. So that's who Greg Ward is crazy cheap in DFS. And, uh, and again, much like a Conley, for example, a great, a great, uh, cheap play, a punt, if you will, at, at the wide receiver position. You throw him in there, you get your 10 to 12 points, and then you can spend up elsewhere. Did you watch the entire game? A lot of value this week. Oh, of course I did. Came right down to the wire, man. It certainly <laughs> did. It was. <laughs> and about, I had some fantasy matchups on the line man, as well. Too. I felt really bad for you because it was just it was not trending in the right direction nope. all all game long, and then you guys just pulled it out. Good Is that what it's like to be a Lions fan? Okay. Except for you lose it. <laughs> Let's talk about some tight ends here. George Kittle taking on the Atlanta Falcons. $6,200, Mike, and... George Kittle is just, I mean, he just keeps on doing what George Kittle keeps on doing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I probably would have led with uh, a guy we're going to talk about later. I know Al is going to uh, talk about him uh, at, at the tight end position. Of course, Tyler Higby for the Rams. I had Gerald Everett in the projection at this point, so he isn't a tremendous value. But again, I'll let Al kind of expand on that here in a little bit. But uh, Kittle, uh, at the time I wrote this up, the number one value at this spot, uh, the tight end two in pricing, but still only 6200 And for me, I'll, I'll pay that all day long for a guy with such a high floor and a high ceiling like George Kittle. Six for 67 and a touchdown last week on eight targets against the Saints. 19 fantasy points. Essentially won them the game with that big play at the end. Uh, a touchdown and 19 plus fantasy points in three of his past four games. 12 plus points in all but three games this season as a 26% target share. Fifth at tight end and catch rate. He's first in yards per target again at 9.9. The guy is super efficient. Tons of volume and a neutral matchup here with the Falcons. Uh, San Francisco's at home, the Falcons defense, mid-pack and fantasy points, targets, receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns allowed uh, to touchdowns. So in a neutral matchup at home with the volume he sees, I'll take Kittle all day long. Okay. Another guy that we're going to look at here is O.J. Howard taking on the Detroit Lions. Only $3,500 and with Mike Evans potentially not playing, not potentially, definitely not playing, just a guy as a dart throw that is really cheap that you could look at. Yeah, Howard, uh, 4 for 73 and 5 for 61 his past two games. So he's trending up. Uh, only 11 targets during the span. But as mentioned, Mike Evans is out. 9.6 targets per game are gone. They have to go somewhere. They would be insane not to utilize Howard more in the passing game. Uh, you know, since that game where Howard was benched, he's played 79, 82, and 87% of the snaps. So he's right back where he was. Still only running about half the routes. But again, his targets per route uh, share has trended up. That's excellent. And again, he's the 20th highest price tight end. Very cheap uh, at 3500 It's a neutral matchup. The uh, Lions have had weak efficiency. Not a lot of volume face, but they've had weak efficiency against that spot at 8.5 yards per target. And his 73% catch rate, they're both fifth worst. So uh, it actually is a, yeah, again, more of a neutral matchup. Target should be up. He's cheap. Lots to like. Okay. Al, a guy that you really love, a guy that I really love, uh, Tyler Higby. Only $3,900 taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously got to figure out whether or not we have Gerald Everett out there, but man, this price point just seems fantastic in a way. How do you not get this guy in your lineup where he's at? I mean, and Lindsay Theory, uh, you know, beat writer for the Rams, the SPN Nation reporter, said that Sean McVay said that he is still day-to-day Everett. So we don't know if he's going to play. If he plays, then obviously we'll kind of make our assessment and pivot off of that. But even the last game that Everett was playing, Higby was out snapping him in the first half before Everett got that injury uh, on that island game that they played. So 
in the time since with Everett out, he's been fantastic. Uh, he's gotten six, eight, and 11 targets each of the past three games, wow. a league high seven red zone targets over the past two weeks. Uh, and Dallas is allowing three red zone completions per game this season, which is the third most in the league. Now, the intriguing point here is I've wanted to stream tight ends against Arizona every single week, right? We've known this. It's well-documented uh, that that's kind of where I've looked to attack pretty much every single week of the season. So if Arizona's playing, I've tried to get the tight end that's going against them, but DraftKings has really been very aggressive recently about pricing up those tight ends. So you can get David and Joku at 4,200 with his two, maybe three targets, or you can play Higby in a game that might shoot out for 300 less with maybe two to three times as much opportunity. <laughs> I'm going to lean Higby. Yeah, when you put it that way, it's hard to be able to argue with the math that you just laid out for us. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's, that's, I, I love Higby. Spoiler alert, probably going to use him in my DFS lineup. Uh, two other guys that we really like, Evan Ingram and Austin Hooper taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Mike, we talked about how much San Francisco has struggled the last couple mm-hmm. weeks with injuries. Calvin Ridley's 30 targets over the past three weeks is now out of the lineup with Calvin Ridley going on IR. The Falcons are the second pa- uh, heaviest pass offense, so you have to imagine that Austin Hooper, if he is fully healthy, comes back and doesn't have any limitations, is going to be a benefactor of some of those lost targets from that offense. Whenever he is averaging at least seven targets, he's getting 21.2 DraftKings points per game. And he should so get that. He yeah. should definitely get seven targets. So if there's a way to be able to work him in your lineup, a guy to maybe think about, this isn't one of those situations where I'm, I may, depending on the situation, use a tight end in the flex based with some of the values that you have here uh, if you're trying to do a 50-50 lineup. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. With that being said, Mike Clay, maybe I want to go watch one of these games live. Maybe I want to go catch something uh, in person. But do you ever feel like ticketing websites just make it so difficult yes. getting to the event on purpose? They, they, I think they do it on purpose. I think they I don't do know too. why, but you know, it feels like if they're so big, they can just get away with not caring about the that customer must be experience. It. That must be the problem. I think that's what it is. Is with there millions, a solution? Well, here is a solution that I personally have found with millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee. SeatGeek mm. proves there's a better way. Have you ever heard of SeatGeek? I, I've heard of it. Yeah, I maybe need to try it out. Yeah, search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web and then rates it on a deal scale of 1 through 10. Finally, Mm. SeatGeek displays them on an interactive map, and that breakdown will be green dots for good deals and red dots for overpriced deals. That sounds like our DFS chart. It sounds exactly like what that is. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today. Use the promo code FFF for $10 off on your first purchase. That's $10 off your first purchase using the promo code FFF. Please use our promo code. It's how they know that we sent you there. Help support them. They support us. Together, we all support each other. It's just like one big family. You know what I'm saying? I do. All right. That's promo code FFF. Download the SeatGeek app today all right here we go last couple minutes of the podcast we are going to run through our weekly lineups here's where we talk about what we do in week 14 mike you had 164 DraftKings points i had 141 uh, had a good week last week both of those would have easily cashed in a in the 50 oh, 50 yeah. lineup that we did uh congratulations to fan 94 coming mm. in with a big 210.54 DraftKings points brought home beat, the number one and he beat fan one through 93 yeah so that's really impressive all those other 90 how those fans. other 93 fans do? Yeah, not as well, <laughs> not apparently. As well. So well done. That guy. 
Uh, so congratulations. All right, here's where we're going to do what we've been doing all year long. Mike, you give me your lineup. I will give you my lineup, and then Al is going to choose which side okay. he likes more. I don't want you copying mine, so you better not have any of these guys. So you go uh, ahead. Kyler Murray, a quarterback. Christian McCaffrey, Kenyon Drake, and Leonard Fournette at running back. We talked about all those. Of course, one of those will be the flex. Chris Godwin at wide receiver. Darius Slayton. Greg Ward, who we talked about. Only 3,000 for Philly. I'll take him. Tyler Higby at tight end. And then uh, Lions defense. I'm going to go with them. Uh, in the defensive slot. So I uh, like this one. I actually like $200 on the board. But uh, again, this assumes for now DJ Chark is playing. If he's out, uh, I'll probably want to get Conley or, or Westbrook in there. But for now, this is what I'm rolling with, and I like it. Okay. What do you got? I am rolling with Kyler Murray at my mm-hmm. quarterback. Okay. My running backs are going to be Christian McCaffrey, Chris Carson, and James White. Like it. My wide receivers are going to be DJ Moore, Christian Kirk going with that stack with Kyler Murray. And Greg Ward, my tight end, is going to be Tyler Higby. And I'm taking the Lions defense. You know why? Because Jameis Winston throws some picks. He indeed he does. Yeah. Uh, I would like to say this. If we know that DJ Chark is out, I am probably going to replace Greg Ward with either Chris Conley or I'd have to do a little bit of finagling, maybe drop Kyler Murray mm-hmm. to an Eli Manning, and that would get me into the salary cap there. Yep. Keep an eye on news. I always run, uh, I run the optimizer again and play a second or th- even third cash lineup. On uh, on Sunday mornings, so you know things will change. We'll run those. I'm I'm always going to keep this lineup, of course, for our contest. But, of course, uh, make sure you just keep up on on the news and look for values. All right, Al, you got two minutes. Tell us which lineup you like more between Mike and I as you go into this week with an eight and three record of choosing which one is going to have a higher point total. I mean, it's almost like choosing between my two sons here. I mean, how do I pick? <laughs> you guys basically have overlapping lineups except for a couple of guys, but I'm going to go with Dobbs lineup because he All picked right, Chris Carson, who is somebody that I like <laughs> a lot this week, uh, and I think that he's being underprojected on a lot of different projection systems. I really think this is a ceiling game opportunity for somebody like Chris Carson. Yeah, I, I like Carson too. That's a totally good play. Um, but again, I, I have Drake in there $2,500 cheaper, which I feel pretty darn good about. Plus I could, I have Fournette as well. So, you know how I, last I went that direction. Sean McVay was like, asked the question is like, so, uh, what's I'm, I'm, you're going to get, uh, Todd Gurley the ball more. Right. And he's like, yeah, cause I'm going to stop being an idiot. Yeah. I need Sean McVay to talk to Cliff Kingsbury and, and just convince him to not be an idiot and give David Johnson the ball more. It has nothing to do with Kenya Drake. I just don't understand. It is so infuriating as somebody that rosters. David Johnson in so many season-long leagues. I just do not understand it. Yeah, well, he could do that next week for now. Oh, yeah, maybe for your DFS lineup. Sure, <laughs> whatever you need, Mike. We're yeah, all, we're that's all worried what, it's about, about your me. It's about me. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Guys, thank you so much for listening uh, and hanging out with us, especially if you're watching us right now on the Facebook stream. Uh, for Mike Clay, at Mike Clay NFL. For Al Zeidenfeld, at Al Zeidenfeld on Twitter. My name is Daniel Dopp. I am at Daniel Dopp on Twitter. We'll see you guys next Thursday, and good luck here in Week 15. Today's horoscope brought to you by GEICO. Today begins a journey toward a new you, Aries, making smarter, healthier decisions for yourself. Starting with going to GEICO.com and discovering you could save hundreds of dollars a year on car insurance with GEICO. You will also attend your first fitness boot camp. Your journey toward a new you will stumble after your 11th burpee and ends with you hyperventilating in the parking lot. Tomorrow's a new day, Aries. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.